We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Hey, New York City, respect my game. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And, of course, it always matters in the Valley because it's a beautiful day. Always is a beautiful day in the Valley. I think we're going to have like a triple-digit day today, in case those of you out there don't know what that is. A hundred plus. Yeah, it's going to be hot as hell out here in the Valley. <laughs> but I'm having a good time. Uh, I'll tell you what, this is going to be a special show for me today because uh, whenever I have friends with me, you, you know, it's always better when you do something with somebody else, you know, by yourself, man, hey, it's not a lot of fun. You always want to share whatever it is you have. And I'm going to share this platform and the mic. Speaking of Mike, Mike and Mike ain't got nothing. And I said it ain't got nothing on Ray and Ray. Got my big man, Ray Ray Petty, in the house, vice president of business development with me here at Voice America. Ray, how you doing today, man? Hey, doing great, Raymond. That's a great first name, by the way. I feel like I know me. Well, you know, it's interesting, man. I, I thought I knew myself, too. Then I saw my twin over there, and I'm like, wow, brother from another mother, man. But he's 6'10". Yeah, but you in know. In the house, 6'10". At this stage of the life, I feel like Al Bundy. I'm one of those guys that says, hey, Peg, remember I got three touchdowns in one game. Hey, you man, know? I give you respect to you, though, man. But they wasn't touchdowns. They were, they were throwdowns because yeah. that's what you was doing back in the day. Back in the peach baskets. Yeah, go. the peach baskets still up there. But <laughs> yeah, it's well, good to be here, man. Good to be here. Lots well, to man, talk about today. Yeah, there's, there's always a lot to talk about, man. I, I want to bring you, listen, it's always good to have another perspective and another opinion. There's a lot of things going on. And, you know, and I don't necessarily, the banner isn't as important as it is, just another person's perspective. So there's a lot of things to talk about. Ohio State, that story just can't go away. Of course, we're going to touch on that a little bit. Sure. Or maybe a lot. You know, and and then of course, uh, the story that won't go away for a long time until maybe next year, and that is uh, the NBA championship, and it, it's it's finally over with. We were we were hoping that it would go seven, and and I of course was hoping, being the kind of guy that I am, from the heart of it all, the Buckeye State, and I right up the road. As a matter of fact, the airport is the Akron Canton Airport, so of course, I was rooting for LeBron. He didn't get it done, but. Come on, big fella, Ray. You, you saw him. You know, maybe he didn't put forth his best performance, but you saw the NBA championship. Give me your assessment of what do you think about the championship as a whole, and then we can talk a little bit about LeBron. All right. Well, first, obviously, uh, congratulations to the Mavericks because I'll be honest with you. I want to see Jay Kidd do something, and you heard it on TV. You heard it everywhere. I wanted to see him bring home a championship. He's 38 years old, but what surprised me 
He says, well, maybe I got another two or three years left in me. He did say that after the game. But now he's got a championship under his belt, two failed attempts with the uh, Nets. And, uh, of course, with, with Dallas, I think this is the first title that uh, any Dallas-Fort Worth team has had since uh, the Dallas Stars won the NHL uh, Stanley Cup back in 99. The Rangers, of course, in 2010 won the AL pennant, but they lost to San Francisco in the World Series. Does that mean the Cowboys haven't won anything in a long time? Who? <laughs> <laughs> I like that, man. I had to get that one there. Go ahead, Ray. I'm sorry, man. No, that's Just all have good. fun, man. You yeah. know, you know, we're talking. You were talking about it was a great series. I mean, uh, you know, I got to be honest. Except for the Jason Kidd factor, I would have been happy with whoever won the game. Uh, but you know, you, you you mentioned to me about LeBron. I mean, you think about it. Back in '07, when they played the Spurs, mm-hmm. four games. It was four to nothing. They lost. And what was the excuse back then? They said LeBron didn't have the help. Okay, 2009, the Cavs are the number one NBA seed. They failed to make the finals. What was the excuse? LeBron didn't have the help, right? 2009, and then, of course, uh, in 2010, the NBA number one seed, they failed to make the finals. LeBron didn't have the help, and now the Heat that were actually built for a championship here in 11 with the big three, they lose in the finals. What was the excuse this time? LeBron didn't have God on his team. So do you see a trend, Ray? I mean, I know what you're saying well, about LeBron, yeah. but he's only 26 years old. So, that's, you know, see, there he's you only go. 26 now, now years see that, old. And that's the point that I want to make. Uh, I think a lot of and and LeBron perhaps maybe uh, when it comes to how he's handled, you know, his PR, personally himself. You know, first of all, there, there's a lot of, you know, sometimes people show dignity in, in, in winning and in losing. But sometimes everybody doesn't accept losing real well. And we're always taught to be humble and be a good sport when you lose. That's not a lot of fun. And, and remember, LeBron is a person that's been under tremendous pressure. And a lot of times people say that he's brought the pressure upon himself. Did he label himself King James? I really do not remember when he was a high school student coming out of Akron, Ohio. I do not remember if he labeled himself King James, or if the world labeled him King James. You know, the media, how we do things. We give these people these names, and if it fits, okay, go ahead and ride with it. Exactly. But I'm going to agree with you and say this, Ray. He's only 26 years old. I don't think, if I'm not mistaken, I have to do my research, I don't think Michael won his first championship by 26 years old. I may be wrong, but I don't think he did. I don't think, and see, Michael is the wrong person for people to be comparing LeBron James with. He should be directly compared with Kobe Bryant in terms of the greatness, his talent. With the, with the greatness, but they do compare him to uh, with Jordan, last-minute shot winners yeah, and things like that. Yeah, but listen, uh, let, let, let's, let's look at the careers and, and how they parallel with one another. Because, see, Kobe, like LeBron, came directly out of high school. Correct. Michael went to University of North Carolina, won a championship on the last shot of the game. See, Michael's been winning them last shots for a long time. Exactly. The only thing that means to me is the games were close. You know, LeBron probably was blowing a lot of people out. Maybe never had the real pressure of going down to the wire and having to shoot a lot of those shots. Some people don't even stop to think about that. You know, when you're experiencing some things for the first time, maybe it's a little difficult for you. But I'm not, again, not making excuses, just going through that timeline. No, he's so, a, he's a, the emotionally, uh, you want to call it stability. I mean, he, he came out of, uh, out of high school. You know, like the little kid on a ski slope. And nobody no, no was ever fear. close to them. There was never no. any tight games. The next big boy, that, the only big boy that I ever thought that came out strong was back when I was back in the 70s. Moses Malone was a big boy. Big Moses comes out, You know see? what I'm saying? That's but, right. Uh, but uh, as far as LeBron, he, he stepped up in that league with no fear, just just doing that free train move. He was taking everybody, I mean, from day one. So And he's just going to keep getting better. That's why I don't feel so bad. Big boy Bosh, he's crying. It's yeah. okay. You know what? They're human beings. It was a big deal to them. And you know they felt that pressure. But they're saying there's no crime. 
crying in basketball. Come on, Ray. I'm like you, man. I play with my emotions. I'm sorry. It's just it's, it's a game. It's a sport. But it's an emotional game. It's an emotional sport. And I'm going to tell you, I feel better. And we've had this discussion before because they're during football season. There was somebody crying. It, what's, I don't see what's wrong with a professional athlete shedding tears. I just do not. If I'm that consumed with, with my sport and I'm that passionate, I would much rather see them crying than laughing. Because if you remember, we had a problem with our quarterback here on the sidelines because he was here in Arizona, of right. course. You know, he was laughing. And and the cameras caught him laughing, and they're like, what the hell are you laughing for? Now we got a guy who's crying, and it's like, well, what the hell are you crying you, for? You can't win. And, you know, <laughs> it's right that you're saying I mean, Bosch cries, it's okay. I mean, think about this. It was emotionally, it was mentally draining. He had the, the, the series itself, the season itself. I mean, I'm, I'm going to guess and say he was probably pretty anguished. I mean, you know, we think about it, Ray, as kids. Uh, you know, we all may have cried on the field or the court after we lost a game. It happens. But if you cried at least once after losing, it's probably because, you know, you rode the bench or, or you weren't ready to turn your jersey in as soon as the buzzer sounded. But with that being said, you know, uh, quote, quote as, as a grown man, I don't foresee uh, uh, myself crying in public unless uh, one of my immediate family passes away or suffers a life-altering injury. Any lesser circumstances and witnesses to the Ted sharing, uh, the tear shedding, rather, may be uh, killed immediately afterwards. But, uh, I mean, a few tears maybe, all out of motion, weak knee crying. Uh, you know, it just tells you that they're passionate and, you know, either it was a relief for him that it was over. Uh, he had that anguish through the whole season. Or again, man, you know, he he just felt it. You know, we're human beings. Let's 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 forget that. Remember, first and foremost, we're human beings. That's right. And I will say this about Chris Boss. I, I mean, Chris performed. Most people thought that. You know, again, they they acknowledged the big two, but he was a part of that big three. And I thought he played well enough throughout the playoff series to help them win the championship. I mean, you know, when he first went into the playoffs. You know, he was a little starstruck about the whole thing, you know, being there, you know, and that was back in the Chicago series, right. but played extremely well. I thought he played well, you know, down the stretch. At least he he had something to offer. I don't necessarily think he was the weak link. I think he did enough. I think we all know that perhaps maybe if LeBron, when you talk about the potential and, you know, how much in terms of measuring up to the potential did LeBron perform at? I don't think LeBron, I would say 50%. Even with a triple-double in, in game, uh, you know, that must have been game uh, five. I, I still think when I look at his performance throughout that championship series, based upon his abilities, I don't think he exceeded 50% of the talent that we know that he has in terms of what we saw on that court. I didn't see a, a game where, well, first of all, he didn't go for 30 or 40, you know, or anything like that. He didn't have, you know, he had one triple-double. Right. But when you, I didn't see the LeBron James that we know. And the talent, it, it, just, it just wasn't there. But here's, here's my question to you, Ray. And, and I think we may have a break coming up here pretty soon, but I'm not sure what if we do. Of course, we'll take that break. But uh, we got a few minutes before the break. It always, in football, we always do this. We always look at the individual and we talk about greatness. And when we talk about greatness, it's like, can he be considered one of the greatest if he doesn't win a Super Bowl? And the answer to that is yes. Absolutely. Okay, so... Out of a sudden now, people are questioning the greatness of LeBron James. And I think it's too early to really say he's great. He's a great ball player right now. But is he one of the greatest of all times? I think we got a long time to think about that. But already they're dismissing him as, as a great ball player because he hasn't made that big clutch shot. What do you think about that? Well, again, you know, you hear that. It's because it's – because, uh, I don't think it was LeBron's doing. I think the press raised that level of expectation. 
And, uh, of course, when you don't meet that, uh, your biggest critics are obviously the same people that raise that level of expectation, ironically. Right, right. So it's like, well, wait a minute. Is, which, which side of the fence are you on? And, I'll, you know, and, again, we said it earlier. He's only 26 years old. That's all right. They're going to win championships. They are. I mean, they're the big three. You talked about Bosch, maybe a weak link. No, when you got LeBron and then Dwayne and then Chris – well, you know, I mean, Dwayne, we haven't even mentioned Wade. He's a class act all the way through. Oh, that yeah. boy's as smooth as peanut butter, yeah, and I don't right. care about that. But uh, with LeBron, again, um, he, he you know, okay, so he had some bad fourth quarters or whatever. I mean, think about it. The big three, they scored less than five points as a group the last eight minutes of a game. I think it was game five. So uh, it, it is what it is. And, again, he never had the opportunity, like a Michael Jordan, to go through all those uh, stepped up emotions out of high school and have that intermediary in, in college. He went right to the pros. So here's a guy that's had to endure, and people are just, uh, you know, once again, when he's back on top and he's steamrolling and they win, all this will be forgotten. But for right now, it's today. Right now, Dirk is God, and they're trying to compare Dirk to LeBron. I'm sorry, I don't think he can do that, even though I, I love Nowitzki, but I don't think it's the same comparison. I think it's apples and oranges as, in regards to an overall player. Yeah, but, I, you know, and I'm, I'm going to get. I, I'm going to give Dirk his credit. There's, there's no doubt in my mind when you look at the man, come on, you're 6'10", he's 7 foot. Right. You know, and it's very few. I mean, he, he's, he's, he's a terrible uh, matchup when it comes to anybody else. It's like, who do you match up against him? Who do you put against him? You know, and he, if you get the ball out of his hands, one thing that I know is about the Dallas Mavericks that I would say that the Miami Heat does not, they do not have the spot-up three-point shooters. And that's one thing that, that – that, out of nowhere, Dallas just came. I mean, they had. I think they broke a record in one of the games for sure. Right. Uh, not in this series, but in this previous series, it might have been. It was against the Lakers. They broke a, a record for three point shots in in, in a championship, uh, you know, uh, uh, game because uh, that was the championship for the conference championship. They blew, of course, the Lakers right out of the water there. But I mean, they can shoot the ball, and and when you got somebody like that, and you got somebody who's got the talent that Dirk has, that can dribble the ball, pass the ball. And he's seven foot tall. You, you know, you got to give him the credit he deserves. And you want to match him up with those other seven footers, and you want to look at his skill set. Then he, you got to then yeah, it's a head and shoulders because he, he's a power forward. Yeah, yeah, that's what he really is. He's yeah. a power forward. You know, almost like um, you know come, some of the other seven footers out there. You know, who I, I, Ralph Sampson. I never really thought Ralph Sampson was a center, but because of his height, what was Ralph like seven two, seven four? Uh, yeah, seven four. I think yeah, it was, you know, yeah. and but but he wasn't strong enough to really be a, a center. You know, and, and Ralph had a jump shot. Yeah. You know, Hakeem Olajuwon. I mean, what was Hakeem? Was is Hakeem like seven foot? He's six six eleven. He was a little, little thicker than Ralph. Ralph yeah, was, but see, Ralph he was see, he was thicker, so you yeah. could put him down there. He he is a center. I, I do. You know, you look at Jabbar. You know, you look at Russell. You know, you look at Chamberlain. I mean, those were big men that were true centers. Now, just because you're seven foot now, Dirk has said seven foot doesn't mean you have to be a center. No, it's it's just again, it's it's uh it's an assumed thing when they hear seven foot. But you got to remember, I mean, back in the day, you know, back in the seventies, if you were uh, six nine, you're supposed to be down low. That's you're not right. supposed to be taking jump shots. Not What's like wrong magic. With you? Not magic. Right. And and I, they used to scream at me. I like you know I like I like raining threes. You know. Isn't but the so? thing is, uh, it, it was the same. But you know, with with Dirk, I think you know the guy's got class. But I think he's I think he's one of the most unassuming. MVPs right. uh, that were out there. I mean, did you see how he sprinted off the court right after the buzzer? It's the same thing he did in the finals. And uh, before the season, I remember watching uh, an interview. Uh, they called him the self-proclaimed uh, taller baller from the G. And that's where he uh, taller shared, baller from the G. Yeah, I like that. He, well, he shared a scandal <laughs> with the uh, with that weird uh, abroad. Really opened up his eyes oh, to how yeah. harsh the, oh, the media, yeah. how, how yeah. you know how how the world at large could be. Yeah, but he's yeah. a fun-loving guy. 
Uh, he shies away from the big shots sometimes. They, you know, they had that little scandal, minor scandal with, uh, with LeBron and Dwayne saying that they were making fun about his hand. Yeah. And, of course, yeah. that stepped up. But, he, you know, he took the high road, and he basically put it to him. He started off a little slow, couldn't get into his rhythm. But down the stretch, uh, when it mattered, he hit the big shots. You're right. uh, Jason Terry. He's MVP junior that game, and Stevenson didn't do bad, didn't too bad, uh, do too bad either, raining those threes. So, I mean, it was a, it was a team effort when the big boys uh, were in foul trouble or had to sit down. We're going to come back and talk about that, right? I got a little music. I got to take yeah. a break. You listen to Rail and Sports on the Voice America Network. Got the big fella with me, Ray Petty. Yeah, that's right, Ray Ray. That's what we're doing today. We'll be right back after this message. You celebrate the minute you was having dope. I'm like, what good is you can kiss my whole asshole. If you don't like my lyrics, you can press fast so Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. We some hard hitters, we some hard hitters. Hard Hitting Radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Got my man with me, Big Ray, Ray Petty, Vice President of Business Development here at Voice America. We got Ray Ray going on. So, you know, Ray Ray, Mike and Mike ain't got nothing on Ray Ray. You know that, Mike. That's it. So, Ray Mike, you, out there, you listening? Nothing on Ray Ray. Lots of rays in Arizona, <laughs> 350 days of rays a year, hey, I think it is. There you go, sun rays. So, I'll tell you <laughs> what, let's, let's get back just a little bit because we talked a little bit about Dirk. I, 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 you know, I'm just wondering, sometimes. Media gives certain people, based upon who it is in this world, a pass. I think Tom Brady's got a pass. Tom Brady used to be a daddy baby, something like Tom that. Tom Brady. Yeah, you know, Tom Brady. You know, Romo been playing around for the years. You see a couple <laughs> guys, you know, Brett Favre, you know, alcohol, recovering. You know, he, I forget what Brett blamed it on. I think it was he got addicted to painkillers or something. I, I just think... I mean, how many times we hear about Michael Vick and, you know, he served his time. It's over with. You still hear the stories about him. 
you know, how many times we hear about Ray Lewis and, you know, it, you know, we still hear the stories about and him. Now, and now Plaxico's yeah, out of Plaxico's jail. Not, you know, how many t- you know, but, but come on, man, Dirk had some stuff going on with that girl, man. We didn't hear anything about it in, in, in the playoff series. And, but leave it up to Ray. Ray. Ray's able to dig deep down and, hey, <laughs> find the relevance. And, you know, hey, it can become distracting sometimes. I don't know if you know this, but, you know, they threw something out there about one of the players in the league kind of having a little affair with LeBron's, you know, right. girl doing the play. Man, mental, Ray, you know this. You know, the game is as much played between the two ears as it is on the court Absolutely. in the field. Didn't so need you, that diversion at that time. You see, I mean, that's why at, at, at the professional level, what happens is you don't, the night of the game, particularly in football, you the night before the game, you don't stay at home. You stay in a hotel, right. <laughs> you know, and that's because there's too much stuff that goes on. Got to be to focused. Get, to get the guys focused. So, I just thought I'd throw that out there. But listen, that's my boy Dirk. Listen, man, you deserve that MVP trophy. And one thing I wanted to say, Ray, remember when Dirk left the court at the end of the game prior to the the, the, the clock going off and the game being over? Straight to the locker room. Straight to the locker room. In my mind, you know what I think he did? I think he made that call back home. I really think he made a call back home, did a real quick interview for everybody back in Germany to enjoy this championship with him, you know, it's almost like, you know, on the Olympics, I don't think he plays for us, man. He plays for his home. Exactly. You know? So I, I think, you know, hey, that's in his heart. God bless him. It should be. But I think that's what he did. Now, nobody's reported that. But I think it was enough time for him to go back, do a quick interview and come back out. Well, they, they showed the shots. I mean, 3, 3.30 in the morning in Germany, the bars are full. They questioned the age limit of people drinking in Germany. I don't know what it wow. is. But, but either way, uh, it's very possible that he did that. Um, I mean, but, you know, when you talk about him, I, I can't uh, recall ever throughout the series ever thinking, you know, Dirk's soft or he's shying away from the big shots. Um, and I, I thought that sometimes when I watched him in previous years. Uh, you know, Did you, you can really? hate the mat. Yeah, so yeah. you heard those comments that Dirk yeah. has been soft. And you being no, I'm a big man I, yourself. I, I would not say that myself, but I'm saying I remember back in the day, previous years where maybe he shot away. But did you think that? Did we, even no. before? Did you well, ever think I've was... seen him dump the ball off probably a few times in the past where he probably could have uh, finished the finished the play. Uh, you know, but uh, you know, either you hate the Mavs, you love the Heat. I mean, do whatever, but you you know, you got to give him credit, uh, Doof, because he played lights out ball all postseason. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And like he, you know, he had the problem with the finger. That was really no problem. He told you it wasn't going to be a problem. It was not the a finger, problem. The flu, the fever. Man, he had it all going on, man. But listen, that was that was Michael Jordanish kind of thing. You know, Mike had the flu. You know, 106, 100. Five, whatever it was, exactly. 103, you know, and you fight through it, you know. But that, again, he was resilient. There's no doubt in my mind that, you know, in terms of his playoff performance, MVP performance, it'll it'll go up there. I mean, like everybody else's, that's that's MVP. You know, it's it's a special performance, and it, it'll go down in history. And I thought, no doubt in my mind, once you saw the way he was playing and how bad he really wanted it. And each time that he stepped up. Now, again, great players, you can be a great player without necessarily having to make the play. You know what I mean? You can be involved, you can get your team there, but you don't necessarily have to make the play. Correct. And But Dirk has made the play time and time again throughout this playoff series uh, and the championship series. So when it comes to his, you know, his place in history, they'll say, you know, one of the best, yes, and also, you know, he's a clutch player. Down the down the stretch, he wants the ball. He wants the ball, and that's and that's again. And and but here's another thing. Let's, let's talk about this before we move on because here's what I have a problem with. It's those same people as you said. How you know at the beginning they're on one side, 
you know, of the fence. At the end, they find themselves on another side of the fence. Now, everybody said that LeBron James was going to Miami to be on Dwayne Wade's team. Okay. But yet still, at the end, they wanted to point out how LeBron didn't come through in the clutch. Now, I thought Dwayne Wade was supposed to be the one to come through in the clutch. And Dwayne made a couple fumbles there at the end of the game. You know, game five, he kind of lost the ball Kicked there. The ball out of yeah, that's exactly right. Then there was another one in this game the other night. You know, he kind of lost control of the ball too. So I don't think Dwayne had his best series ever as well. So I don't think all the blame, and I don't, and I think they won't, they would want to share the blame because they know how good they are as a talent. So I don't think that either one of them says the blame is mine. I think they share that blame, but I think next year, if you ask me who's favorite to win that championship next year, I- I'm going to say the Heat. Yeah, got a little seasoning. I mean, you know, uh, y- you think about it, they uh, uh, year after year, um, you know, you see these teams step up, but uh, with the big three, and uh, of course back, uh, they had a, a contest on CNN, and I actually got uh, what was called vetted as a CNN eye reporter. I called them the triple dip of chocolate thunder back in the day before <laughs> they started. But, uh, uh, you know, we keep talking about the players, but then you got to look at the, co- the coaches too. Oh, yeah, I mean, Spolstra, yeah. I mean, he's got a lot on his shoulders, but let me ask you a question. And I know we're going to be moving on to some other things, but I want to ask you this. How odd is it that Miami's loss and Mark Cuban's antics are ending up being bigger stories than the Mavericks actually winning? I mean, in case you missed it, I mean, Cuban, he cusses on the air. He rents out this uber expensive uh, club live down in Miami. Mm -hmm. He pre-orders like 250 bottles of bubbly. He gets this little John-styled goblets, these giant goblets for the team to drink and party it up. Then what does he do? He goes home in the wee hours of the morning and sleeps with the championship trophy. Sounds like something we'd all probably do, right? <laughs> but, but, I mean, none of us that are team owners. Around I'm not a team owner. I mean, who should show a lo- level of decor? I mean, without a doubt, I'd probably uh, be more happy that Dallas won if Cuban wasn't associated with the team. I mean, he, I, to me, I think he's a great A spoiled A-hole. But you stay classy, Mark. You do what you got to do, brother. You but do but, what you but do. listen, I, one thing I like about Mark, hey, the business that we're in, I mean, this digital technology, Mark's a part of this business, man. That's, this is where he started out. This is where he got his money to get into the NBA. But, you know, when it comes to a once-in-a-lifetime thing, because there's no guarantee that he's going to get a chance to do this again. Absolutely. And, and, and I, but let, let's give him one real good, loud shout-out. Because he bought up the original owner of the Dallas Mavericks to share that stage on championship night. I mean, I thought that was as classy as you can get. You know, he may have done some other things that perhaps maybe, and again, we're always going to, you know, look for some negative, you know, when there's something very positive. But, you know, like you and I, man, if we had a team, come on, Ray, what would we do? If we won a championship, God only knows what we <laughs> What we might do as we look each other in the eyes and like. Yeah. Oh, you know what we do? We would, we would sit. We would sit next and support each other in jail. That's what would happen. Hey, but it would be it would be a lot of fun. And you know what, Ray? We both got to sit here and say this. You know what? We don't know what we do because we've never won those NBA or NFL championships. You know, right? And so, you know, when they do things, as, as long as they don't hurt anybody or they don't really disrespect anybody, and I, and there's another classy thing Mark is doing. Mark is. Tomorrow, no, Thursday, they're having a, a parade in Dallas. He's right. picking up the tab. They're expecting a quarter million people. And he's going to pick up the tab for the yeah, parade. Yeah, well, he you can know? afford it. Oh, yeah, he can afford it. And so, uh, so I, you know, I, it's kind of hard for me to be happy for anything or anybody. And Dallas, man, do you know that the Dallas area, Fort Worth area, had the Super Bowl. They got the NBA championship. They had something else going on down there too. I'm sure. It was. Well, they had the Stanley Cup with the Dallas Stars back in the day. So. Oh, I mean, recent this oh, year. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and, all this year. And last year with uh, 
with the uh, Rangers. See, they had the Rangers, and I'm sure there was, uh, you know, of the Final Four, you know, if it wasn't the championship that was in Dallas, it, it was the champ. They just had the NBA All Star game, you know, in the last year or two, you know, and I'm sure there was a, a you know, one of the regionals for NC2As was down there. I mean, that's a lot of money to yeah, that economy down there. A lot of money. You know, and, and hopefully we can get our stuff right here. You know, those guys who are messing around the bowl games, you know, get it right here. Big but, stuff. And, you know, uh, you know, we keep criticizing the players, um, but, uh, you know, with the heat, and, and remember, there were some great lead changes in that last game. I mean, there was a 15-point oh, yeah. lead, a 12-point oh, yeah. lead, whatever. Uh, Spolstra, though, he, he, he's he got a shoulder to load. I mean, I'll be honest with you. My opinion is his the, the continuous fourth quarter collapses – that he was letting the letting the heat do, I think that was inexcusable. I mean, no, he he didn't take any shots, but he did mentally prepare his squad to appear to have given them the game plan to thwart Dallas's late game onslaughts throughout the series. I mean, we won't even get to how the Mavs zone made the Heat look like the Cavs, but uh, you know, if we cap this off by talking the Heat, they are the bigger story. Remember, I mean, I got to give uh, David D full credit for the for his wisdom where he says with the Heat. It's like Mike Tyson. He says they look so dominant when they overmatch their opponents. The pure power, the skill is going to get you far. But, uh, you know, when faced with someone with mechanics, all of that crap goes out the window. It's Spolster not being able to figure out how to get his team to, to work together down the stretch is like Tyson's corner using ice and a plastic glove to, 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 you know, to ice Mike's side. But, I mean, Miami's going to win once they get a few more pieces in place. There's no doubt about that. Don't think for a minute that three guys can beat five. Pat Riley, uh, I suggest seeking out a point guard. I mean, J.J. Barea made Bibby look as old as he actually is, and he had Eddie House backpedaling an awful lot, too. So they're going to win, but again, three can't beat five. So they got to they put a few more uh, uh, pieces in place. And there's no doubt about it. You know, they, they need the big man, and, and they need a point guard. There's no doubt about it. it you know, you're exactly right. But the majority of times when you look at a team that does win a championship, they got three guys that really stick out. But you got to have five good players at all times. And it just it goes to show you again, it's a team sport. And, and, and speaking of Eric, you know, I think Eric did a good job. He didn't do a great job of coaching, you know, and I'm not so sure that he got out coached because, like you said, you know, there was a swings in terms of the score. Somebody be up by seven and somebody up be, be up by 12 and then somebody be back up by uh, seven. And, you know, so it was, it was, I mean, it was swinging back and forth. And, you know, what's so interesting is normally when, when, when you get up, like everybody in the NBA, they, they go on these runs. It's, that's what's unique about the NBA as opposed to college and obviously high school. When somebody's up by 10 or 12 on you, very rarely do you ever come back. Right. It goes from 10 or 12 to 20. To, to, a, to a blowout, you know, but pros, you have to get ready for these, you know, momentum changes. And then the coach has got to call a timeout. Next thing you know, it's 9, you know, 10, 12 points that, unanswered. That, and they hit those three-pointers, man, like, exactly. like it's nothing whatsoever. So, listen, we're going to come back on the, other, on the other side, and we're going to talk a little bit about mm, the Ohio State University. Kind of thing that makes you go, mm. Shout out to Arsenio Hall. You're listening to Ray Ellis. Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm with my man here, Ray Petty, Vice President of Business Development with us here at Voice America. We'll be right back. Ray Ray. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Coast to Coast Mixtapes.com. Hey, all right, we're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters here with my man Ray Petty. Yeah. Got, got Ray Ray going on on the show today. So, hey, Ray, you know, we were just reminiscing about Philadelphia. Mm. Yeah, it, of course, you should have known, you know, two guys here. We both got some Philadelphia experience, you know, I, that East Coast swag. But, uh, man, we're talking a little bit about Kobe Bryant and, and, and perhaps maybe who knows. Before we go into football, you think Kobe's got a chance to shot at one more time? You think the Lakers could put a team together one more time to give Kobe a chance to win more, one more ring? Uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I, think, uh, I, I think the talent and the attention has made it shift. Mm. I, I think I'll be, be honest his with day, you. His day you know. is gone? Well, his personal day. I mean, we were talking about team play before and how he wasn't a team player back in the day and Phil got him in shape, but... Uh, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I talked to a lot of people right in California that aren't impressed with the Lakers anymore. Well, you know what's interesting, then? We talk about team play and we talk about LeBron. You know, we talk about whose team is what. You know, the reason why the Lakers didn't continue, I mean, once Shaq was gone, they, of course, got back-to-back. But, you know, very few times is the room big enough for the Eagles. And, And Shaq and Kobe, why split that team up? It's because... Kobe thought it was his team, and maybe Shaq wanted to be his team. And, and, and Kobe was able to force Shaq out of there, you know. Now you go down to Miami, and here it is. We as the media, I'm going to say we, I don't really consider myself media. I just got a platform, thank you. But, uh, again, here's an opportunity for, you know, these great players. These three guys can stay together. 
you, already the media's trying to say, oh, man, are they going to stay together? You know, does, does D-Wade want to play with LeBron again? They got the divorce rolling and talking it, already. You know, and so, man, we, we think about that. But we hope, I hope Kobe gets another ring. But I want, I do want LeBron to get here. So we're going to move on. I want, Like I said, I was going to talk a little bit about the Ohio State University. I believe that, uh, you know, it went somewhat successful. Uh, Terrell Pryor did get a chance to work out. Uh, for some for some people to take a look at the kind of talent he has, but even before we go there, Terrell made a public apology mm-hmm. uh, about uh, you know the things that happened at the Ohio State University, uh, the fact that he did some things that were against the rules. He apologized to you know all those people out there in Buckeye Nation. He apologized to his teammates. He apologized to Coach Trestle. He he apologized for uh, everything that he that he did that brought embarrassment to anybody. Um, and he promised to redeem himself uh, as a person, as a human being. Uh, he promised to go back to the university and, and, and finish his degree. And then Drew Rosenhaus stepped up and said, you know, hey, this guy, everybody needs him. Well, not everybody, but certainly the NFL needs him with a couple of quarterbacks. But, you know, he finds himself apologizing uh, to everybody. But, but in his heart, I'm wondering if he really feels like he did anything wrong. I mean, when you think about it, I wonder how many number two, it's, it's a rule. I'm sorry. Maybe I should get off of that. But going forward, I mean, did he, I guess he had to show remorse. Is that the only way, you know, we, we find peace with each other is that if you did something wrong that you're remorseful? I mean, I guess you can't be an ass about it. You, at some point in time, you got to show somebody some respect because he made a man lose $3 million in a job. There's a coach out there that, that doesn't have a job anymore because of what some of the things that Terrell was doing off the field. And he kind of kind of tried to help him out and, and then he loses his job at three million dollars. Do you apologize for making a man lose a three million dollar job well, I, that he only has anyway because of you? Well, yeah, again, at, the, at, at that age, at that stage of life, it doesn't have as much impact. A. Uh, B. Uh, when you think about it, like we were talking uh, a week or two ago about uh, tattoos. Right. And we're talking about. The cost of tattoos. Right. And, you know, it's kind of like somebody just got caught with their hand in a cookie jar. And, yes, there's rules out there. Me outside looking in, you know, I, I get it. But, I mean, as an example, if somebody gives you a ring or whatever it is, I would think it's yours whether you graduated or not. But, uh, you know, I mean, you think about uh, professionals uh, giving away their championship rings, raising all this money for charities and things like that. They see that stuff on the college level, too. But then again, you got to ask yourself, and I think you even mentioned this to me, we know the price of tattoos. And the last time I looked at my TV HD, not only did I see beads of sweat, I seen hundreds of tattoos on hundreds of arms. And I'm wondering to myself, where are these boys getting the money to do this? Yeah, Ray, they got that, I think that's I think that's going to change. I, there's no doubt about it because you're right. They they once it's been brought to our attention now, and now we have started looking at the arms of everybody. As a matter of fact, I mean, the other night, you know, uh, the Jet, when he talks about when his championship, first thing he does, it shows you his peck. Because inside his peck, he had a tattoo of, right. of a championship trophy there, you right, know. Right. Now, that didn't cost that much money, but still, it, it, tattoos are in, are in the news today. So, so let me ask you, if, if, if somebody who is your coach, you know, steps up to the plate and, and, and tries to assist you, um, and I don't know how he was trying to assist Terrell. You know, was he trying to cover up for Terrell? But the coach lost a $3 million salary. Is, is I'm sorry, coach, enough to replace $3 million? I mean, do you forget? I mean, I mean, think about it. When people hurt us and they do something, 
You know, most times we say, again, there was no intent to hurt anybody. And that's what he says. His intent was not to hurt the fans and not to hurt the coach. But, Ray, you got to stop and think about it. Do you forgive a man, a, young, a kid? That you, you lost $3 million. You how do you replace $3 million? I mean, he was going to coach for at least two more years. That's $6 million. And all the guy has to say for you is, I'm sorry. Now, I'm not saying TP is wrong. I'm just wondering, man, how do you think, how does that flow? Just think about it. Put yourself in that. If you, this was a kid, and he came, and all he could say to you was, I'm sorry, and you're out of $6 million. Do, do, do you ever really forgive that kid? You know, I, I'm sitting here right now, the way you just explained all of that, I'm feeling the pressure and the stress and the anxiety sitting over here, and I'm not even in that situation. What do you do? You know, everybody can say, oh, you got to forgive this, that, and the other. But again, it's a kid. You know, it's almost like saying, hey, LeBron's only 26. It's okay. That, that, to me, you know, we can, you know, right now, the thing that's outlined is we kept talking about potential $6 million, potential $6 million loss, when in fact, you know, I don't think, and I, you know, whether you like this or not, I mean, with the, with the track record of the coach in the previous years, going back to other things that happened, sometimes, you know, me being outside looking in and non-biased because I'm not from Ohio, mm-hmm. says, hey. It was just a matter of time, and this is the time, and this is the boy that happened to be in a position when everything got caught up because of history. I, it's a tough call. I mean, I've read it all. I, I'm not saying who's right or who's wrong. I, you know, some things have happened in the past uh, that, that were maybe not following NCAA rules as well. Yeah. But again, sooner or later. It's going to catch up with you. Yeah, and, and I think that uh, there's probably a lot of stuff that we still don't know to this day, and I'm not uh, passing judgment on, on the man. I'm just saying from facts of what I've read, the things that have surfaced, when in fact they weren't a big deal back then, but now, whoa, wait a minute, we really need to put the microscope and take a look back, and oh yeah, there was this time and that time and this time and that, going back 10, 11 years, whatever. I, but I let just, me say, let me, let unfortunately me ask for TP, he just happened to be the one that broke the camel's back. Yeah, and, 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 and it's interesting you say that because of TP. And I want to say this because, it, you know, I don't know how we're able to do this, but, but the story always seems to come down on a, on a slow media day. And I think it was last Friday's USA Today, which happens to take you into the weekend. But I believe it was on the front page of the USA Today is, is Ohio State, the Ohio State University, is it too big to let it fail? I mean, USC is a private university. The Ohio State University, if I'm not mistaken, I think they got their largest alumni population in the country. Mm-hmm. So when you think about these sponsors and, and the ability to pay somebody $3 million because of the type of revenue that this university generates, when the sanctions come down from the NC2A, because they are going to come down, do you have to take all that into consideration? I mean, you got to think about this. These are one, this is one of the biggest powerhouse football universities it's sporting universities in the country, great education, but there's a, you know a powerhouse when it comes to sports. And the following, they travel very well. TV ratings very well. I mean Ohio State. Since I've been in Arizona, I'm telling you, I, I'm just about able to see just about every Ohio State football game on, on television. So, okay, what's going to happen now? Do you, I mean how hard do you hit them when they're that big? Are they too big to really let them fail? Well, you know, it's like anything else. It's a reverse psychology now. Now people are going to tune in for, for different reasons. Mm. You know, we're like, well, we're watching because of the powerhouse. But now it's like, oh, well, now let's see what happens. Uh, a new regime, different attitude, what's going to happen uh, from a recruitment standpoint. Are there going to be the same kind of players that had the, had the vision of going there? Maybe they're in their uh, junior, sophomore, junior year of college, get ready to go to senior year. And now all this has come down from Ohio State. 
Um, I think it's just six and one and a half dozen to the other. I mean, like anything else, it's going to go down in the uh, archives uh, of a coach that, uh, you know, they're going to remember the coach more than the player, I think, when it's all said and done. Yeah, that's interesting. And, and sometimes that's a shame, but, th- you know, for all the good things they do, you'll just remember them for the bad things. Because, you know, when I meet a lot of people, you know, and they ask me about my days at Ohio State and they ask me about Coach Hayes. You know, they always ask me. One of the things they want to ask me is about him punching the cameraman or punching the mm-hmm. you know, the kid from Clemson. Let alone and, a Bobby Knight. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. And they, they both of them couldn't be on the campus at the same time. But, uh, you know, the the coach did some great things for the university. There were there were a lot of young men there that got degrees from the university that previously they were not. They were not meeting those benchmarks. And, and he turned it around and he made sure that they were in school. He made sure they were there in the summertime. Uh, there was a lot of guys that not only just, you know, got their degrees, but also got a chance to go to the next level. I mean, that's a tradition that's been going on for a long time, and he, he sustained that tradition. And, and there's a lot of guys that are playing in the National Football League. You know, there are a lot of guys that play football at Ohio State University, and they're good kids, good good to the community, you know. And that's another reason why people follow those programs. You know, if you got kids that are a bunch of jerks, nobody wants to follow that. Nobody wants to pay tickets to see those kind of kids play. So shout out to the university. Let me ask you this. Now Terrell's got to go into a supplemental draft. He's got to perform. From what you've seen of his play, do you think he can really step into the NFL and be, you know, a top-rated quarterback? Or do you think he's going to find a team that's willing to let him develop and come along and slowly work him into uh, the NFL? That's another tough question now based on this whole situation. Can he step in and get the job done? You know, I mean, he's got that extra pressure now. It's kind of like LeBron and the girlfriend. You know, he's got a lot on his mind. It's all between the ears again. Uh, I, I would think at this stage of the game, the ladder or the, the B option, uh, letting him step in and, and uh, a gel with the team, uh, it seems like it would make more sense. But, again, uh, it's going to be up to the media, how they portray it, how they put him out there, and uh, it's going to follow its course. So I wish I could give you a, a, a straight-up answer, but uh, you know, being just an average uh, football guy outside looking in as opposed to yourself, the B-weight seems to make more sense with everything that's coming in his life right now. Yeah, I, I would think with all, you know, like you said, all the off-the-field issues that he had to deal with. You know, and Cam Newton, the same thing. You know, Cam had a lot to do with it. Cam, under that pressure, went on, won a national championship, first pick, you know, player picked in the draft. Uh, and now it's probably going to have to step in some pretty big shoes on a big stage in the National Football League. I'm sure Cam probably will hit the, the field probably earlier than TP, but uh, both those guys are going to be faced with some, uh, with some expectations, some right. high expectations, because it's going to be, listen, there are a lot of people that are really upset right now about this whole thing about the National Football League, and the only thing we've missed, we haven't really missed anything. We got a chance to see the combine on television, so we really haven't missed anything. But I think right about now, there are some people starting to get a little antsy. Got that music, got to take a break. You listen to Rail and Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We'll be right back after this break. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. 
Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, we're going to bring it back. This is, of course, the uh, closeout session. This is the last segment of the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Got Ray in the house with me, Ray Petty, Vice President of Business Development here at Voice America. Ray, I, I just want to add, it doesn't make a difference what the sport is, but it just so happens the sport is football. Mm-hmm. But you, you're approaching a the time, there's been a lockout this offseason, been a long lockout. But for the average fan, again, regardless of what sport it, it, it might be, the game, you've not missed a game. The season has not right. started. Right. Uh, you haven't missed any preseason games at all. Do you carry any animosity during this time against the, the owners or the players, even though they're fighting over nine-point-something billion dollars? Do you think, you know, as somebody who's, you know, gone to a sporting event before— should you really be concerned at this time if it hasn't had any effect on missing a game? Well, you know, you talk about having an effect, all right? I'm not 20 years old. I like to make every day count on the planet. There you go. And uh, part of those days when you make it count, season tickets, you know, and that, of course, you know, we, we, we were never shy when it came to season tickets. Mm. So now what do I do? I've got the season ticket expense. Or maybe I got a vacation that I might want to take, or maybe I want to extend some other type of vacation. That's what do I want to do with this money now? So it's not animosity. I, I get it. Business is business. I understand the business aspect. You know, you're going to say, "Oh, those guys shouldn't make that much." All these, all these stereotypical responses. I get it. Mm. But do I go ahead and take that vacation? Talking about the days on Earth again, or do I wait and say, "Well, man, you know, we're going to go ahead and roll this money into season tickets." So wow. that's the only gray area that I'm having right now because I want to do something. I know what I'd like to do, obviously. No lockout. Let's go. Let's do what we right, plan to get right. through the whole season right. and roll right into, into the next uh, basketball season. Uh, or so football, they've, or actually, they've actually given you an option now that before it didn't exist because, you, you, you know, fans buying their season tickets. They, they ain't even extending that vacation. But now, because there's a chance, hold on, there may not be a season or it may be an abbreviated season. And I don't know. So why give my money to something I may not get 100% of what I'm looking for? 
okay, let, we could stay two extra days someplace else. Wow. See, I, and, and that, see, those are the kind of things that, again, when, when this thing goes down, there's so many, you know, different things to think about that never come into play until we hear somebody like you say something like that. So, you know, I, I, I got to stop and think about that because I know when I go on vacations, you always do take a couple things into consideration when you're staying a couple days. First thing is always the expense of it, <laughs> you know. Sure. And 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 so that expense is going to be you know a couple extra days of uh, either some overtime or, or or an extra vacation day, you know, that you had, you were saving some, but now you got to call in, you take another one away. Uh, but but out of pocket expense is, is something that uh, these people might want to think about. Okay, here's what I can say to you: um, there are some people again uh, when you talk about expense in a vacation. The Hall of Fame game, very special to me. Born and raised in Canton, Ohio. The okay. game is in Canton, Ohio. There are people that, you know, it's not necessarily a last-minute decision, but with the airlines, you know, if you buy a ticket, you know, you don't, they're non-refundable. And so if the Hall of Fame game is the first weekend in August, and here we are in June, you know 30 days in advance is probably the best ticket price you can get. Um, do you go ahead and buy tickets Round trip tickets to go to Canton, Ohio to enjoy, you know, uh, this kickoff season. And you got a, a nice Hall of Fame class in there. After all, you know, primetime, Deion Sanders is going to be in this Hall of Fame class. So, mm-hmm. you know, so if you're somebody living out here in Arizona, or you live in Florida, uh, you know, do you make your reservations and, and, and purchase your ticket to go to Canton, Ohio for Hall of Fame weekend when you don't even know if there's going to be a Hall of Fame weekend? That's another thing. That that's money. That that's money to the economy. I can't know how we talked about what happened down here in Dallas. That influx. That influx of cash that comes in there. What happens? at can't know how now. Well, it's the same thing. You know, all of a sudden, I feel like I'm buying a stock. I'm going to worry if I'm going to get any kind of dividends and a payoff. I mean, what's what's going to happen? Is this going to mature into something, or am I just going to eat it and lose the stock? Right. So, with that being said. Yeah, sure. You want to get the best price, just like anybody else. The, the, the good news for me is, you know, when I fly now, if, if I if I don't take a trip and it cancels, then I, you know, I, fortunately I fly enough to be able to take advantage of it somewhere else. But what's the impact going to be for, for for like you say, for Canton, for the economy there? Uh, they're expecting, they're expecting, and those businesses are preparing. That's right. I mean, it's not something that just happens overnight. They've been planning for this a year in advance, knowing that hey, they're coming to town, just like the Fiesta Bowl used to be That's here right. in Tempe years in advance. Right. So uh, again, it's. Uh, it's just a, it's a, it's a last minute uh, glitch that could uh, affect uh, thousands and thousands of people, people's pockets, uh, money floating around needlessly, and uh, again, you know, we just got to get get through this lockout because you know, like anything else, uh, I think that, um, like you say, to try to get to the nine billion dollar mark or whatever it is, that's fine. But then take a look at the total amount of money in the, in the whole situation from people uh, migrating to Canton or, or doing what they have to do affecting business. That's a pretty good chunk of change, too. So we need to get this thing worked out. Yeah, and that's only a community. of We got about 200,000 people there, and that's probably pushing the number there in that community. So when, when that type of uh, attention is bought you know, to the city, and it's not just the weekend anymore. It's, it's a gala event that lasts a week. And that influx of cash into that economy. As a matter of fact, I probably shout out to the mayor. You know, it probably need to try to get him on the show and, and really see how they're preparing for that because there you go. that that would be the first example of somebody who's uh, probably panicking at, at about this stage. Nobody else is panicking as an athlete yourself. Right now, let me ask you this because th- this is very important from the athletic perspective. You know, it's just more recently that the athletes have to you know go to these mandatory workout you know, sessions that uh, off-season, off-season training camps, you know, uh, they call them OTAs, organized training. Um, 
So let me ask you this. Does a guy have to be there to get himself in shape? Or do you truly feel as a professional, hey, man, this is self-motivation. You better get your ass in shape one way or the other. You don't come to training camp out of shape. So do you really feel if these guys, you know, we went to training camp in July. First preseason game was in August. Okay. You know, you had about three weeks. It's still not July. They still got time. Do you do you think that these guys, if they sign on the dotted lines, my understanding that perhaps within 30 days they think we may have an agreement. Do you think the quality of football is going to be compromised? Because now before I said, you know, perhaps maybe the rookies, but now you're talking about the veterans because we're going into training camp. You think the guys are, you know, good enough pros that they're going to show up in training camp ready to go and their bodies and minds in shape? Uh, I, I think that uh, they they need to show up every single one of them, rookies or pros alike. I think it's uh, it's all about camaraderie and, and team building and, and gelling and chemistry, not just getting in shape. I think it's the whole picture. So these guys that choose maybe not to go because hey, I'm a pro, I can do this on my own. I'm sorry, uh, you know if you're if you're not if you're not driven that way, it's kind of like the guy that says I'm I'm going to go on a diet and I'm going to do this by myself instead of sitting in a room full of uh, uh, fifteen or twenty other guys that are trying to lose weight and feel that competitive edge because they're all competitors. It doesn't exist when you're out there doing it by yourself. So I think that uh, they they need to show up, they need to be a team, and uh, just keep moving forward as if nothing was going on so they're ready to go instead of having possibly a slower start when they hit the field. Yeah, and and, and you know what I mean? Even if it's basketball, and and a lot of times with basketball – uh, those who are really committed, you go out, you, you shoot, you know, a thousand jumpers, whatever it is. You run up and down the court, you know, you run the fast breaks by yourself. But, you know, it's still better when you've got some other guys out there pushing you. It's always better. Absolutely. That way. And, be, and, and that's what it's, it's like a spotter, man. You know, hell, you're going to you're going to try for more when you're under the weight and you have a spotter as opposed to when there's nobody there, you're not going to take that damn chance. Well, you know? and you're, you're the coach or you're the owner of the team, and you've got guys showing up or guys that decide they're going to do it on their own. It sends out a signal regardless to, to me, and it's not a good one as far as uh, you know the, if, if egos are getting involved or something like that. So I, I, would, I would want to see everybody show up and give 100% every day. Yeah, and I, and I hope there's a lot of teams out there that guys, the big money guys are starting to bring the guys in and they're all starting to get together and, and work out. And I'm really looking forward to it because right now is when fans start getting itchy because basketball season is over. Baseball is the only sport. And, you know, you start looking forward to, to football because I'm sorry, I could be in the baseball stands and I just might fall asleep every night. Yeah, and I'm, I'm having a hard time watching wrestling, so let's make this happen. <laughs> hey, man, it's been hey, it's been great. Thanks for having uh, Mike me, Mike. Mike, you in trouble because Ray and Ray, Ray Ray is on the way. Hey, you've been listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network with my man Ray Petty, Vice President of Business Development here at Voice America. He may be back with me next week. We never know. You better tune in and listen. I got to say, it's that time. I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Peace. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com.
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.